Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. I am Kyle Brandt, and I do not, do not have Taylor Swift tickets. I don't. You don't. No one you know does. The whole world is in a frenzy over Taylor belting out that anti-hero. I like that song, anti-hero. I, 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 hand up. I like it. I like that kind of synthy jam with the, the witty little lyrics. I like it, but I don't know if anybody's going to be seeing it live. This is a whole disaster with that thing going on. In, uh, candidly, it's amusing. I don't have a young kid who is begging to go to the show. If I did, I probably would not be amused. But since I don't, I am. I'm also very amused by Vikings-Cowboys. Way into that game. Big time game. It's already Wednesday, guys. It's time to talk about the next week. We just finished talking about Vikings-Bills. Now it's Vikings-Cowboys. It's a bunch of other games. And we got Packers-Titans tomorrow night on the Thursday Night Football program. We're going to do that. Also, you submitted, we received, Social Media Cemetery. The things in the Twitter and the Instagram and the TikTok and the Facebook, if you're still doing that, you're my Aunt Patty. The things in those worlds that need to die, just need to be put down. I'm so sick of this gif. I'm so sick of this sentence. I'm so sick of this meme. I'm tired of it. We put them down. I understand there's a new show animation, which I have like a Grim Reaper outfit and a scythe. We will see it for the first time together ever. Lots of things to get to. First, though, let's go to Skycam. Let's go. Let's go. I've been just burying shots and warm-ups, and I made it. Tell me again. I knew it. I practice. You put in the work on the practice field. Comes alive on game day. Also, I have a giveaway for you guys. Holiday season. Giveaway. And it has something to do here with Kyle Brandt's basement. You want some free stuff? You want to take it? You want to re-gift it? Do whatever you want. I'll give it to you. But first, I will give you this. The gift of what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Cowboys-Vikings is fun. I like this matchup. Uh, I like watching the Vikings a lot. This is two weeks in a row. They have a really big game. We mentioned last week Buffalo, which is one of the most uh, insane games you will see in any year. 33-30 to in overtime over the Bills. And now it's right back into the big time. Right back into the Cowboys, who lost an overtime game to the Packers. I like this a lot um, for so many reasons. Where to even start? The Vikings thing is obviously massive, and I think there's a lot of similarities between these two teams in the sense that, okay, they're historically, recent history, certainly, the team that maybe gets us a little excited and then, bam, punch right in the gut, disappointed, devastated, season's over. They have a lot of that going on, especially when you think, oh, they got it, they turned the corner. Um, So some of that. And then there's also this, like, they both have good records, And even the Vikings coming off that incredible win, you're still like, am I in? Am I all in? Like, I I think that this team is going to go to the NFC title game or the Super Bowl or something. I saw something from NFL Research today about uh, 8-1 teams. 8-1 is an amazing record. Just very, very difficult to get to. And that over historically, if you look at all the 8-1 teams, the Vikings have some of the worst numbers about them. Numbers that matter about point differential, and just significant statistics if you really get into the weeds that, man, if you look at them in all the 8-1 teams that have ever been, they're really, really bad. And so then the take gets spilled out that, like, they're the most susceptible 8-1 teams ever. And you, if you follow the Vikings, they win a lot of games come from behind. They win most of their games by one score. And then 
Man, Schrager was into something at Good Morning Football today about, I don't know what it is, but it's one of these exotic next-gen stats about Kirk Cousins against the Bills had this crazy performance that, you know, when they when they make the throws these days, you have this percentage that you can calculate it. What is the percentage completion? What is the percentage that this is going to be a completion? Is it a 60%? Is it a 3? Is it a 90? And that he had all these throws that were really, really tiny little percentage completion chance. In other words, so many, like, chuck and duck, hope and pray throws, and because he has Justin Jefferson and a few other guys, they were completed. So therein begins to build the case that, A, the Vikings are lucky, they're not nearly as good as their record, and that flies against the classic, what is it, the Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are? Well, I'll say this, they are 8-1, don't go home now in your beautiful new stadium and you're the toast of the town and Kirk Cousins is wearing the diamonds and Jeff and Jefferson taking over the league. Don't lose to the Cowboys 31-17 or some crap like that. Just don't do it. Because the Vikings are, listen, they're kind of a glamorous roller coaster team. Compared the Jets to the roller coaster all the time historically, the second they get a little bit of excitement, it's just um, The Vikings have a little bit of that too. And historically, when they win a big game, the next week is a disaster. You can see that even in the more glamorous, more high-profile playoff games over the last decade. The Case Keenum miracle to beat the Saints, the Stephon Diggs down the sideline. Oh my gosh, this is the team of destiny going to the Super Bowl. No, they were crushed by the Eagles the next week. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins goes to the Superdome. Not a lot of people talk about this, and it's just not part of the conversation that much because Kirk Cousins takes so much heat about the losses he has in big spots. Kirk Cousins goes to, to the... Uh, New Orleans, Louisiana Superdome. He beats Drew Brees and the Saints, and they win in the playoffs. Win a big playoff game on the road, and you're like, oh, man, Kirk Cousins is a thing now. No, they went to San Francisco, and they got crushed by Jimmy Garoppolo and all those great Niners defenders, just crushed. So now, after you have slayed this alleged dragon in the Bengals, or rather in the Bills, you've beaten this juggernaut, do you go home and get crushed by the Cowboys? I hope not. We'll see if they can string it together. I'm doing a thing on CBS this weekend, CBS, the, the NFL Today, about Kirk Cousins and just how he is like, listen, we know it. We've said it a million times. He is the goofiest Matchbox 20, Matchbox 20 listening, uh, bottomless root beer drinking, gift card using, chain restaurant eating Super Bowl quarterback ever. I mean, is, is Kirk Cousins going to be the first guy ever to get a Super Bowl ring at Macy's? I don't know, long way off from the Super Bowl, long way, but they are really good, and they do have a really good record. And then the other side of that, Cowboys. Weird season for Dak Prescott. Weird moment in his career for Dak Prescott. You come out, you start the season with all these high hopes, and you're back, and you're healthy, and bizarre ending to last year, just this terrible, laughable choke against the Niners where you couldn't line up in time and you ran the quarterback draw. Okay, you come back fresh. You lose week one, and not only do you lose week one, you lose your quarterback. Dak Prescott's out. So he goes away for four or five weeks, and Cooper Rush wins games. And it's not exactly the best look for Dak. You know, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would go out for five weeks and the Packers would go four and one, or Brady and Blaine Gabbert has them going four and one, the Buccaneers, in a given year. It just... You just don't see it. I don't think that the Chad Henney would have the Chiefs going four and one without Mahomes, or Case Keenan would have the Bills going four and one without Josh Allen. It just doesn't happen. Okay, so you know there starts to be some chatter about ah, I like the kind of football this is playing with Cooper Rush, and I was certainly part of that chatter. Defense, defense, running game. 
He comes back, he looks pretty good, and um, then he just has a really, really bad game in a big spot. Dak threw a couple of awful picks against Green Bay, just awful. And what was going on in that game, if you were the Cowboys fan or even Cowboys hater, their, their defense didn't play well. And Micah Parsons really didn't do anything. He was kind of invisible. It was his statistically least productive game of the season, maybe one of those his career. And it was like, all right, well, the, the Dan Quinn defense with that pass rush can't carry us this, this game. I guess the, the Packers had a good game plan. So Dak kind of needs you to step up here. Got out to a big lead, couldn't finish it. They stopped running the ball. It was very strange, and Dak couldn't deliver it. They went for it on the fourth, couldn't make a play. So it was this huge letdown on Dak. And it's I would just ask you, the viewer, where are you with Dak right now? You, you, you think of him in high regard? I'll put you, your feet to the fire here. Dak Prescott, where would you rank him in these NFL starting quarterbacks right now? Let's just argument this thing. Where is he in the rankings? You got one through 32. Never mind who you think is one, and maybe it's uh, Mahomes, maybe it's Allen, whoever it may be. Where is Dak Prescott, the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? Huge contract. Huge. Face of the biggest franchise, most glamorous franchise in the league. It's not top five. Do you have him in your top ten? He's in your top fifteen. Because you think, oh, certainly he's in the top 15. And then you play the game where you start just naming guys and the spots fill up really, really quickly. Really quickly. I'll put it to you another way, too. Compare him against the other guys in the NFC right now. Dak's not going anywhere. He's going to be in the league a long time. He's going to be with the Cowboys a long time. So let's look at some of his contemporaries. Either the guys who are in the Dak kind of graduating class or age range, and then some of the young whippersnappers who are coming up. So... In the NFC, just eliminate eliminate Brady, eliminate Stafford, eliminate Rodgers from this conversation because those are the old guard and some one way or another, those guys will be gone soon. But um, the hypothetical is simple. If you want to win a game this weekend and let's say you got a whole bunch of money on it and you can just choose in this bizarre godlike hypothetical role I'm giving you, that is my quarterback. And I put all this money on this thing and I'm going to gamble on this game and I think I'm going to, I want this team, I, straight up, to win, straight up to win. You have Dak Prescott on the, t- on the table to be your quarterback. Do you want to take that? Would you rather have Geno Smith this year, this weekend? I would. I'd rather have Geno this weekend than Dak Prescott. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins than Dak Prescott? I would too. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. Uh, then it gets really interesting. Would you rather have Justin Fields? Playing really good, not winning at all, but looks spectacular. Looks like the best player in the field in the game that he's in, even though they don't win, would you rather have Justin Fields? Other guys in the NFC, and I know this sounds nuts, Heineke, would you rather have him? Daniel Jones. I think Jalen Hurts, I don't even throw that out there because I think it's obvious. He didn't play his best game against the Commanders, but I wouldn't put that loss on him. See what I'm saying? Dak Prescott is supposed to be first, foremost, quickly mentioned when you talk about the guys in the NFC that you want to have. And I had to sympathize. He's been injured. He had the massive injury a couple years ago with the lower body. And then week one, he comes out, injures his hand, his fingers, whatever it is. He was out for a month. But he's back now. He's healthy. And if you then lose to the Packers, who were 3-6, and six, and then you go to Minnesota, and you just double down and you lose to Kirk Cousins, it's not going to be pretty. Dak Prescott needs to have a moment. Because he's not paid, nor is he viewed as a guy who's going to ride Micah Parsons to the Super Bowl. And that Micah Parsons will not take them to the Super Bowl. That whole defense. They will go to the playoffs, sure. 
and they'll lose like most Cowboys teams do, like all Cowboys teams do. So I'm looking for Dak to rise up. I would love to see a Dak Prescott game where he's just lights out, and he is he is the Cowboys' best weapon on that given day. Not their defense, not their running back, not their wide receiver, their quarterback who makes about a quarter billion dollars over the scheme of his contract. I'd love to see him go beat Minnesota. You lose that game, a lot of heat out for there for Dak. Vikings lose that game, pretenders. Cheap, back to the shallow end. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's a big game. Also, very good possibility it's a playoff game this year. Cowboys-Vikings. Don't know where it's going to be. Probably Minnesota, but who the hell knows? We may get that one. Get a little preview this week. Vikings staying hot in the spotlight. I wonder if people like that. They're fun. They're really fun to watch. And Cousins, whether you love them or hate them, is good theater. But I love that game. That's what I love. Let's get, though, to something very different in what I hate. Come on. All right, end zone celebrations can be a conversation that's a big eye roller. A lot of different ways, or it can be fun. About six years ago, the NFL said, guys, have at it. We're going to eliminate all these uh, so-called no-fun league rules, and we're going to let you do almost anything you want to celebrate a touchdown. Do you remember there used to be a time, as recently as I think 2015, when you couldn't go to the ground to celebrate? So you run for an 81-yard touchdown, for example, like Dalvin Cook did in Buffalo last week, and if you go down to the ground to pretend like you're sleeping or just to lie there for a minute or do the snow angels or any of that stuff, that's a flag. They used to flag you for that. And I don't mean like when we were kids. I mean like a few years ago. So then they said, no, do whatever you want. And then began this era of the choreographed group celebrations and, you know, guys would be bowling pins and their teammate would roll the ball and they'd all fall down. I remember the Vikings did a lot of them. That's why I keep mentioning the Vikings where... They were sitting down on Thanksgiving and like passing a turkey leg. It was this whole thing. Fun, harmless, sometimes a little gratuitous or excessive, but let the players show their personality. People love that stuff. Kids are into it. And as long as it's not something like gross or R-rated, fine, go at it. Well, we've got a new era now, and here's what I hate. Justin Jefferson specifically, and then his college teammate Jamar Chase, They really made the gritty skyrocket, and I'm not going to spill any more ink on the gritty because I've talked at length about how it had a great run and was really fun and not terribly hard to do and just awesome celebration, but it lasted like two and a half years and I was ready for something different. Well, I came out as like anti-gritty and just, I'm not, I'm not into it anymore. It's, It's time. It's time for the next thing. Not this next thing. You know what I hate? I hate fake injury celebrations. I'm trying to have a sense of humor about this, but this has happened now a couple times, specifically with these two guys, um, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. This thing started with a soccer player, a female soccer player. Have you seen this? Kansas City Current, that is a team, the current, that's not a way of saying modern or contemporary, the current, like I guess in a river. Kansas City Current, their midfielder, Loea Labanta started this back in August, where she scored a goal, it was in the 82nd minute, and she began limping and holding her hamstring for a few seconds, and the video is everywhere when everyone was looking at it, and then, she, and then she started twerking, all right, twerking or just dancing or something, so she's, oh my god, she's hurt, she's hurt, nah, just kidding, she's partying, I guess kind of funny, gets everybody's attention, have a day, but then recently, Jamar Chase scores, does the gritty, He's gritting, he's gritting, yeah, we've seen it, we've seen it. And then, oh, no, he pulls his hamstring. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 oh, oh, he's just joking. 
All right, so that was a little bit weird. And then Justin Jefferson did it against Buffalo. And maybe it's just my nerves are a little fried as we're rounding into like the third quarter of the NFL season. Or just that, I don't know, I have human empathy. I don't want to see these guys get hurt. And sure enough, Jefferson's pulling his hamstring. And he sold it so well that the guys on the broadcast call said, Oh, no, I think he might. You know what? I think he injured himself celebrating. And then he's like, No, just kidding. I don't know. There's just... I'm that guy who I don't I don't think it's funny. Of all the ways you could celebrate, don't let your teammates, your fans, the broadcasters, your coaches, anybody think, oh no, Justin Jefferson pulled a hamstring in, in his way of in, in the way of destroying the Buffalo Bills in one of the greatest games we've seen this season by anybody. Don't do that. It reminds me of you see these gotcha videos online where um, you know, you see them this time of year. Someone will be dressed up as a snowman, and then they have people walk by them, and they go, huh! and then people, oh my god, they scream. And they're funny, because you get these hilarious reactions, and the people get legitimately scared, and they jump out of their shoes, or they cry, or whatever. It goes, it's perfect internet stuff. But, there's always one or two guys who just don't play that, and they'll get, like, really pissed, and there's even ones where the guy in the snowman, or the person who jumps out of the garbage can or the person who's painted all in silver like a statue moves. There's there's videos where like someone will straight up just punch them. <laughs> or so say like, don't do that to me, I don't think that's funny. That's kind of me in this situation. In the sense that like, look, I'm gonna get too heavy with this, but we gotta deal with so many injuries in the sport anyway. And we see so many players go down that when the middle of this adulation of you scoring in this wonderful moment, Let's not pretend that all of a sudden your hamstring is pulled or your knee's blown out. Let's not do that. It's just, I understand you're trying to just pull the rug out on everybody in the middle of your silly celebration. But if you're selling it that well, that professional broadcasters on Fox actually break their sentence to stop and think they have an injury update. Guys, let's not do it. There's so many ways you could go. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, I love those guys. They're entertaining, electric athletes. We're going to be watching them for years, years. Do we want to fake the injuries? Do I sound 100 years old when I'm saying this? Because as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm being told that I'm an old head who doesn't get it. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. They're bleeping with us. I like bleeping with people. I like it. Listen, if you look at some of the more infamous, nefarious end zone celebrations. I love them. T.O. with the Sharpie in his sock was fantastic. It was one of the best things ever done. Al Michaels goes, what, is that a pen? Yeah, Al Michaels, it is a pen. Pulls it out effortlessly, touchdown, signs the ball, hands it over to his financial advisor. Joe Horn's cell phone, love the idea, but I always felt that was half-baked, and I'll tell you why. First of all, he goes and gets the cell phone, which he planted, which is, all that is great takes it out, and then he kind of fake dials. He just he doesn't really call. He goes, doo, 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 and he flips it open, and he pretends like he's talking to someone. The second half of it is terrible. Nowadays, this is always what I've suggested. Hide the phone. and make Obviously, it's a modern phone. It's a smartphone. And then go and get it. Lift up the thing. Get it. And then go live. Do, do like a FaceTime or whatever the hell used to be called, Periscope, or go live on Instagram or anything like that, and just be like, oh my God, I just scored, I just caught this touchdown. At the very least, you take a picture and tweet it as you're going off the field. Now, 
you're going to have the ever-living crap find out of you. You might as well be suspended. But if you were going to go for an object like, and really be a bad boy with your celebration, that's what I would do. Go with the phone. Joe Horn walked so you could run in this sense. I can't believe nobody's done it yet. And I think it was Michael Thomas who followed in Joe Horn's footsteps because he was a Saints receiver and went again with the phone. But again, no message. Remember when Ellen was hosting the Oscars before all went to hell for her and she walked out there and she did the selfie with like Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts and Kevin Spacey. I guess that picture hasn't aged well in a lot of ways. But that was like, that was basically the equivalent of I'm hosting the Oscars. I'm going to actually take a phone and really do a selfie. That's not going to blow this thing up. And it did blow up. So I'm on a sidetrack. But all the way back, if you want to mess around during celebrations there's so many things you can do with the human body especially your human bodies that are capable of doing anything don't don't give me the hamstring thing justin i'm rooting for you i like you i want you to do well don't fake it a hamstring give us all heart attack a real one not a fake one let's not do the fake injury celebrations i know i know it's cool you're trying to be rock and roll i love it no more fake injury celebrations i hate them but let's get to what's hilarious my friends come on chop chop Okay, so we started Kyle Brand's Basement a few months ago. Back at the end of the summer, you were with us. We love you. We thank you. And I would imagine that the first time you ever saw an image of this, what you're looking at now online, or the first time you ever watched the show, you're like, damn, what the hell is all that stuff I'm looking at? What is all of this? And maybe you know that this is the ultimate warrior, my favorite athlete of all time, deceased wrestler who really peaked in the late 80s and early 90s. Maybe you know some of these people you're seeing here. Like, I think that's what bands, but like, what in the hell is that, that poster? Well, it's actually a painting. And let me tell you about this. And this involves you guys. Holiday season, Thanksgiving around the corner. And then we're just rolling right down Santa Claus Lane. And uh, I want to give back because I love you. I love you for watching. Whether you're listening. No, I'm serious. I do want to actually give you something. So I get asked a lot of times, like, where can I get that poster? Like, how can I buy it? Um, how can I get my hands on one? Um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you guys 20 prints of this. I'm going to hand them out, 20. Tw- a whole bunch of them. And I want to send them to you. All you have to do is we're going to post this, all this, what I'm saying now, and the picture and everything, on the KBB, Kyle Burns Basement, Twitter account and Instagram accounts. Retweet it on Twitter. Um, tag a friend on Instagram, and we'll send you one. This is like that simple. We have 20 of them. And in fact, I have another one of these. I'll show you in a little bit. One of these, the side ones over here, I have another one of those too. I can throw that in. So we'll have 20 of these, one of these. And let me just explain what we got here. All right, so let me do the MTV Cribs thing. And let's get a closer look at this. Because if you're watching me, listen, there's a lot of athletes in here. There's movie stars, things like that, movie characters, cartoons and stuff. It probably catches your eye. Let me just give you a little tour. Let's go to the Skycam, all right? And so I can make this nice and personal. There's the Kyle Brand Spaceman Skycam. I'm going to take this down. And now check this out. So um, there's this incredible artist that I found years ago. And his name is Pyrrhic Smith. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He goes online. He's got this really catchy handle. He goes by Painton Manning. Painton Manning. Like he's painting Manning. Very catchy. And I saw that he did these things. And I'll actually start over here where he would take this great moment in sports, whatever it may be, and in this case, it's dunk contests, okay? And then in the background, as these people like Dominique and Michael and Kobe 
and Vince Carter are doing their dunks, all of the stands would be filled with pop culture icons, characters, actors, other athletes, politicians, anything from that exact moment in time. So if it's 1985, it's all movies and characters from 1985. I'm like, God, that is so brilliant. That's so creative and they're so well executed. So this is years ago. And I said, someday I want to have those in my house. Well, when it came time to furnish the Kyle Brandt's basement studio, I'm like, I want to reach out to Peyton Manning. And sure enough, I did. So check this out. So this, this is Dominique in the dunk contest, right? Back in the mid 80s. And you got everything from, you know, Weird Science to Mr. Belvedere. You got Young Jordan, Dr. J, Marty McFly, Goonies, uh, the Golden Girls, uh, Tim Curry from Legend, Rambo. This is all at this time. And then you move here. And then you got Michael in 1987. And it's, it's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and RoboCop, Lawrence Taylor, Ninja Turtles, uh, Three Men and a Baby. It's just everything that was massive that year. Spaceballs, 1997 Kobe, okay? Kazam, that's Shaq in the movie Kazam. Men in Black, uh, Titanic, LA Confidential, Steve Austin, The, the, the Rock, B.I.G. One more over here, 2000 now. This is Vince Carter, 2000. Maximus from Gladiator. Look, Larry David showing up saying, pretty, pretty, in sync, Ali G, uh, Snatch. That's actually Vince Carter dunking in the Olympics. So he's got Vince and Vince. Then you got Shaq down here. Now, some of them, Michael Jordan is in almost every one because Michael Jordan here on the Wizards. All right, so Michael Jordan's there and there. So my point is, I said, this is just so creative, and it's exactly like this cross-section of sports and movies and all that stuff that I love. Will you make me one? I, I commissioned one, that fancy word you hear like super wealthy people say. And we reached out, and the, we came to an agreement, and I said, I want something from the early 90s, and I want it to be about the ultimate warrior. So the greatest part about reaching out to Peyton Manning is that you could customize in any way you want. So this is about when I'm in sixth grade is when I started really loving The Warrior, and these are all the other things that I loved in sixth grade. So you might have been wondering, you watched the show, who are those two blonde girls? Those are guys. That is a rock band called Nelson. That is Matthew and Gunnar Nelson, son of Ricky Nelson. I love them. I can't live without your love and affection after the rain. That's Kevin Bacon from Tremors. Steven Seagal from Out for Justice. You know these guys, especially around Christmas time. That's Harry and Marv. This is Leota, Henry Hill. Now, here's what's interesting. I said, if I'm gonna, if there's gonna be all these characters in the stands watching the Ultimate Warrior wrestle, can I be in there? But I want it to be me in sixth grade. That's my sixth grade school photo with the glasses and the hair and everything. And I loved Hammer and I love Vanilla Ice. I love Dana Carvey and SNL. I love the Rescue Rangers. And it just goes on and on and on. Van Damme from Lionheart, Bob Saget, rest in peace. Shannon Eggert from Charles in Charge. Huge, huge crush on her. And then I love the film Dances with Bulls that I saw with my mom in the theater when I was 11 years old. So I just said, can you put this in? Can you put this in? And this is the poster that we will send you a print of, 20 prints of. That's what we'll do. We'll send them to you. Let me put the Skycam back up on here. Let me go back to the KB cam. Thank you. Um, and we want to share them with you because people are asking, where can we get them? How can we get them? we got 20 of these. And if you wait one second... Uh... Where is that? Oh yeah, look. So I'll also kick in this one. I got the Dominique one, 
all right? And that's from Peyton Manning, and this is the first one that I got. And you got Mean Gene Oracle in there, and you got Tom Hanks and Big, and you got Prince, and it's just everything. You could, Calvin and Hobbes, Super Mario Brothers, Teen Wolf, Michael J. Fox. Look at it. He's here, Teen Wolf. He's here, Back to the Future. And I think he's one other place, too. Oh, yeah. Fam uh, family Ties, Alex P. Keaton. Michael J. Fox, have a year. We'll send this to you. So put it on Twitter. We'll put it on Instagram. You follow. You get it. Retweet it. You know, and if you want to kick in why you should get it or who your favorite part of it is, maybe like a little note, you know, that might help. But uh, mention somebody on Instagram, guys. We'll post it. We'll send it to you. We always thank you for watching. We thank you for listening. We want to hook you up. Put it down in your, uh, in your woman cave or your she shed or whatever the hell everybody hangs out these days. And uh, compliments at KB Basement. So see us soon. That's what we find out is hilarious. I love this stuff. Painting, manning. Uh, we'll put this on social as soon as we can. But we got to move on to something else. Speaking of social, are we ready? Okay. So we've done the social media graveyard before, social media cemetery. But we didn't have this like fancy animation that we made up. I've never seen it before. I'll be seeing it now for the first time. Watch it with me. Guys, it's time for the social media cemetery. Let's have a look. I can't wait. Starting your own small business can be a total roller coaster. Between all the bumpy twists and turns comes the actual business side of your business, which can really throw you for a loop. Luckily, with QuickBooks, you can manage your business with confidence from the start. So no matter how bumpy the ride gets, you can always stay on track. New business? No problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Not bad. Here we have uh, Duke Nukem holding a, a, a shovel and a gravestone with the Twitter guy, the IG guy, the TikTok guy. And then we have a slime, like a, maybe like a zombie cemetery. That's really good. So what does all this mean? I am on social media too much. I idly surf and do that thing like you do. Pick your platform. You're probably on it too much. And you get on it long enough, and some of the things you start to hate, even benign things that are just a little joke, little picture, a little gif, little meme, whatever. And you're just like, ah, oh, shut up. In fact, don't just shut up. Die. I really want you to go away forever. I never want to see you. So we do social media cemetery, and for all of us to come together and decide... This needs to just be done, never under my thumb again, never on my phone again. We've, it had its run, maybe it was great, maybe it was funny, maybe it was brilliant even. Enough with it though. And I asked you guys, what should we just kill off? What should we all agree as a family here to say, never again? And here come the submissions. Let's just get into it right now. This is what you guys said, want to be part to be dead and buried in the social media cemetery. Bring them up. First submission, Paul Smith, he says, yeah, he says, living the best life, living my, his, her best life. See, this is a good example, Paul, of something that five, six years ago, I'm just taking a stab at it here, was kind of a cool expression and a fresh expression and a new way of saying that someone was really having a good month or 
really enjoying themselves. Oh, look at her. She is living her best life. Or, you know, in uh, 1985, Michael J. Fox was living his best life. And it's, that was kind of a new way of talking. But now it's just annoying. Now it's stupid. Now it is given to some trite little accomplishment that somebody did living your best life. And it's just, it's just very, very rote. So I'm kind of done saying that, done reading it. And do us a favor here. Let's practice what we preach. Stop tweeting it. Don't use that. What's next? I agree with that one. I reserve the right to disagree with you. Those are the point, though. Next tweet, please. After Paul Smith comes Jeff Martin. He goes, Rock Chalk Jeff. I guess he's a Kansas fan. All right, and this is another one. Per- this, these two are like brothers. He tweets, I was today years old. Okay. So that's something that someone will say when they learn something new. In other words, you say... Oh, let's see something old. Let's say that uh, I was today years old when I learned there was a fourth member of Destiny's Child. I was today years old when I learned that Phil Collins would also sing while he was a drummer back in the day. It was just saying, I just learned this. And I will say the same thing. First time you read I was today years old, uh, maybe that's kind of a funny turn of phrase. Interesting what you did there. I've never heard someone say I was today years old. Doesn't make sense grammatically, but I see you working. You just found out something today. And now it's so stupid. I'm tired of seeing that. Just say I just found out. Had no idea. Had, had, had no idea that Will Farrell was from Orange County, California. I live there. Who knew that? Um, no, don't say I was today years old. No, at all. And don't don't say I was yesterday years old. Just forget it. Just It had its run and it's over. And that's sometimes what these were about. I'll say this again. They're not always just instantly obnoxious. Maybe that one is, but I didn't have a problem with it. Let's move on next. Next tweet. Who is it coming from? All right, let's go to the gift portion. This is uh, <coughs> Mike Brindisi who says, please, enough of this. And we're looking at Michael Jackson in a red leather jacket in the Thriller video, excitedly eating popcorn. No one's ever been happier to eat popcorn than Michael Jackson. And he says, enough of this. You're done with the GIF. Now, when you see that GIF is when, a couple things, people are exciting something. Like, um, tomorrow, the release of the Black Adam trailer. And underneath, the popcorn guy because he'd be so excited. But sometimes you also see that GIF when there's about to be some sort of Twitter beef or something like um, someone uh, fire some shots, which is another thing that should be retired, and then it'll be like, can't wait for the response, Michael Jackson gif. Or, I'm just here for the replies, Michael Jackson gif. I actually will zag on this, though. I like this gif. Maybe it's just because I miss Michael Jackson as an entertainer, and he just looks like so entertaining in this. But I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's perfect. I think it's, it's retro. I think it conveys exactly what you're looking for. It's not some obnoxious housewife or some reality jerk-off. Like, it's, it's Michael Jackson. So I like this one, and I'm going to say we do not bury it. Next. Oh, this is an all-timer. Oh, this one again. I talked about this the first time we did Social Media Cemetery. Please bury this incredibly staged and overused gif. This is a girl who I believe is on the Big Brother who is drinking out of a coffee mug and she spits it out and laughs and bends over. Yeah, I'm definitely done with this girl. I don't know her name or her background. And she had a great run. You tweet something funny. In fact, if you do tweet something and you get this gift below it, you're pleased because someone says it's funny and there's plenty of negative ones they could tweet. But listen, I will say this. Can we not expand a little bit? There's many, many, many images of people laughing in popular culture. You could use anyone. I would rather see... 
Robert De Niro as Max Cady in the film Cape Fear, laughing in the movie theater. I think I would even rather see our guy, Henry Hill, laughing in Goodfellas. There's a lot of laughing gifts. For some reason, this girl, whose name I don't know, is the face of laughing on Twitter. And this person even says it's staged. I don't know if it is or not. I was on a reality show once. People asked me if it was staged. It wasn't. Um, but I'm ready to move on from her, too. She, she can just laugh her way into retirement. Wish no ill will to the girl, but that gifts the social media cemetery. All right, this is the one I've been waiting for. Miles Spatola. Oh, what's up, Miles? He says, um, that's it. That's the tweet. That's it. That's the tweet. He goes on to say, people deserve to be drawn and quartered if you tweet that. Yeah, that's bleeping awful. And this is what it'll be. You'll be watching and it'll be like, um, Travis Kelsey, that's it. That's the tweet. Screw you. That's my tweet. Stupid. I it, saw it years ago. Oh, funny way to just say that nothing else needs to be said. Now, lazy, lame, uncreative, unoriginal, dumb, annoying. That's it. That's the mute button. Don't do that. We do this partly as a public service announcement because someone watching this right now is going to tweet later today about something. Oh my gosh. Fettuccine Alfredo. That's it. That's the tweet. Like, you made your dinner. Congratulations. And if someone's really a smartass, they'll tweet something about this segment and they'll say, that's it. That's the tweet. Don't be that person. That's an instant burial. You're done. I never want to see it again. Never want to hear it again. Next. All right. Sports world. This is good. Uh, Chris F says, the losing team fan base saying, congrats on your Super Bowl to the winning team fan base after a big game. This is a loaded one, because if I'm looking closely at Chris, F, Chris F's avatar, I believe he's wearing a Josh Allen jersey. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot of lot there. Bills fans probably hear that a lot. Congrats on your Super Bowl. Let me just venture to guess here, Chris, that uh, each of the last two years when you and your Buffalo Bills have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season and you tweeted some excitement about it, you might have gotten that from Chiefs fans. Congrats on your Super Bowl. I, I have a feeling I'm pretty dead on on that one. But I see it a lot. And it's a thing that bitter, salty, losing fans say when the other team wins. And it's kind of like just an updated version of saying, we'll see you in the playoffs. It's not terribly offensive, but it is annoying to get. So we can bury it. Congrats on your Super Bowl. Congrats on your burial. All right. We're back to the gifts. Guys, you hate this gift? Tim Batistella has a gift of Jonah Hill. Uh, I, I don't know. Is that from Moneyball? I'm not, I'm not sure. It's Jonah Hill in a tie, and he, he's going like, ah! He's really excited, and he's moving back and forth and doing, like, jazz hands. He says, this needs to disappear. It doesn't do that much for me, like, in, in, in terms of burying it. It's fine. Again, it, it conveys the emotion immediately, and it's not offensive. I, I don't mind this one. Maybe you, Tim Batistella, get it a lot more on your timeline than me. There's some, listen, there's some that have been around for years that you see everywhere that are still awesome. I still love that guy. Um, he's got the sideways hat and the solo cup, and he goes like, mm, and it is a, a way of saying, like, I'm not sure about that. And I learned once that he was a, he's a battle rapper in Detroit. Nate Burleson told me that. His name's Conceited, I think. I love that one. But the Jonah Hill one doesn't bother me. Next, anymore? Oh, Get Him to the Greek is from. He's from Get Him to the Greek. I saw that movie. The sort of sequel to uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The Jordan crying face photoshopped onto any person from a team that loses the big game. That's from Kurt Kloblen. Kurt, I like the Jordan crying face. <laughs> Even after all these years, 
I still like it. If you see a well-executed one, it still makes me laugh. I remember the favorite one I ever saw was um, big Conor McGregor fight, maybe, I don't know, seven years ago or something. I wish I, I wish I could remember who it was. I guess it was probably Nate Diaz. And there was a lot of hype around Conor, and he was the biggest thing in the sport, and one of the biggest thing in all of sports. And he loses to Nate Diaz, and you know he had all these Irish supporters there, and he has this whole Ireland thing, and God bless him, and there's all these Irish thing, fans there in the, in the arena. And someone dropped, and it was just a map, like kind of a, a map of Europe. And over Ireland on the map, if you looked closely, it was Michael Jordan crying like inside the mountains and the grass. And it was, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in terms of the Jordan, the Jordan crying. It wasn't him like on Connor's head. It was the entire nation of Ireland with crying Michael Jordan. I love the crying Jordan. It's just funny because he's, Michael Jordan is like the biggest... Uh, you know, how can I say this? SOB in history in terms of a competitor, but they got him crying once and it's just, they will never let him forget it. Uh, anything else? <laughs> I love the crying Jordan face stays. Blazing KC, saying someone is living rent free in your head. Kill it like the hot camp counselor in a Friday the 13th movie. Wow. I don't know if that flourish was necessary to make your point, but I'll take it. Living rent free in your head. All right. So, Back in the day, like when our parents were growing up, like it was like considered credible uh, insult and just the work of a wordsmith to say, I'm in your head or he's in your head. Like that blew people's mind as some sort of concept that you're in someone's head, like they're thinking about you. And that had like a 25 year run of just saying you're in his head, you're in his head. And then someone decided to get cute with it and modernize it and say, not only are they living, not only are they in your head, they're living there. They got a futon, they have their DVR, they got snacks, they got a fridge, they, got, they get their mail in your head, they get their bills there. Not only are they living there, but they live there for free. They don't even have to pay rent. There's no rent, there's no mortgage to get to just live in your head for free. It's a funny escalation, but it's become very, very tired. I agree with this. There's no amusement to it. It's not creative anymore. No one here is living rent-free in your head and says, oh, that's, where'd you come up with that? Because I, I saw 20,000 tweets over the last 10 years. Living rent-free in your head is done. Killed like a hot camp concert in a Friday the 13th movie. Um, let's do one more. Let's do one more, and then we must move on. This has been a great segment. It's a great graphic, great everything. All right, last one. Pep's Picks. He says, we need a new go-to GIF for a dumpster fire. That old one at the top of Google Images doesn't cut it for me anymore. I think I know the one you're talking about. I've never tweeted a dumpster fire. I've never Google searched it, but I've seen it in other people's. And I have to say, Pep, I think that one stays. I I want my dumpster fire retro, and I want the OG dumpster fire. It's like saying we need a new picture of Michael Jordan crying. No, that's the one. Michael Jordan wept openly at the Kobe Bryant memorial service, but we're not taking that face and making it the new meme. One, because it's being mean, because he's crying over a tragedy, but also because just the, stick with the OG. That's the one. There's no new dumpster fire. That is always the one. <laughs> and also, like, are there really actually that many dumpster fires to photograph? Or, like, could you go to Getty Images and are, is there a myriad of dumpster fire photographs? No. We keep that one. So listen. I disagree with you on several of these. I think I was about 60% bury it, 40% keep it, save it. Do not put it in the ground in the cemetery. But I'm very proud of you. Again, social media cemetery. I use that shovel a lot today. And sometimes, though, it was despair, the submission. So if you're ever seeing something 
you're just so sick of, I can't see another person tweet this. I can't be another person. And, and by this, I mean actually someone retweeting it and writing the word this above it. Tweet it to us. Tweet it to Ed KB Basement. We'll take it, we'll set it aside, and we'll put it in the social media cemetery, and we will do that for you. It's a really, really nice job, guys. We've had all kinds of fun today, but the fun goes on, because now we have really fun with Michael Flynn, and he will bring us what we call Brant Awareness. Go on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. There is, and he brings us the headlines we might have missed to start the show. Oh, look at you. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. What's the story with the lights? They're very immaculately assembled. The the story with the lights is I'm out of the kitchen back in my eight-year-old's room, and are your kids into LED lights? They're actually not Christmas lights. They're here year-round. No, they just put those in their room just for fun? I don't have those. They, they do, and, and they're actually a big hit if you're looking for Christmas gifts. Every single uh-huh. one of my kids has one, and they, they sleep with them on. And if you look at, if you look at the, from the back of my house at night, it looks like three different yeah. clubs going on at once because like this, one's yes. all bl- this one's all blue. That one flashes red back and forth, and the one on yeah. that side of the wall has like five different colors that just – rotate all night long and it's probably awful for them long term but they love it yeah can your kids sleep like do they ever go to bed <laughs> they do we'll, we'll see if there's any long-term <laughs> side effects yeah wait till the sleep issues they have as adults when they, they oh I'm, I'm dating someone but i need fifty thousand yeah. strands of led lights to get a good night's sleep all right well whatever works for them now flynn and what works in our headlines today what should we be aware of Let's get into it. Uh, We spoke to Josh yesterday about the Bills matchup against the Browns on Sunday. We didn't cover the fact that Buffalo likely going to be covered in snow. Winter storm weather watch in effect for upstate New York from Thursday to Sunday night, and the area could see a potentially historic amount of snow. AccuWeather's Mm -hmm. Matt Benz says it could be up to six feet. (laughs) (laughs) You a fan of snow games? Yeah, I mean, of course, I love snow games. What's what's jarring to me about this isn't that there's some sort of weather alert for an NFL game. It's that it's a weather alert for Buffalo. So if you get crazy weather that hits Carolina or someplace that is not terribly used to it, um, San Francisco, who knows, some sort of strange meteorological anomaly, fine. But Buffalo knows how to handle it. Chicago and Green Bay and Buffalo, they know how to handle it. So if they're getting concerned, that means this, is, this, this sucker is going to be biblical. 
six feet. There's no, <laughs> listen, I grew up in Chicago. I live in New York now. I don't think there's going to be six feet of snow falling unless we're talking about over six days. I, I don't think so. Um, and then I saw McDermott was talking about it, about like, we haven't heard from the league about moving the game either time-wise or geographically. That understand six feet, like, all right, your, your door is like seven feet, right? So imagine opening the door and, I mean, the snow is up to here. Um, on the football side of it, I don't love it for Buffalo. You think, oh, it'll be great. They're playing at home and, and they, they're, they're tough. And hold on a second. They're playing Cleveland. <laughs> this isn't Miami coming up. It's not the Rams. It's Cleveland. They play in some of the same crap that the Bills do. And Cleveland runs the ball pretty damn well. I think they run the ball better than Buffalo. So you don't want to really turn into like a handoff competition between Nick Chubb and Motor Singletary, do you? No, we want it to be between Josh Allen and Jacoby Brissett. And maybe they can do their thing in the snow, maybe they can't. If they had six feet of snow, they're not playing a football game because you can't get out the door to your house. I don't, I don't care. You can't get 53 guys to the field plus thousands of people they need to support them. So I'm excited as hell. I'm glad that uh, LaShawn McCoy is not on the Browns for the Bills' sake because he's the greatest snow running back of all time. But, I mean, Flint, you, you lived around the, the conditions. Six feet is the most preposterous forecast I've ever heard. It's like, it's like saying, like, we got a heat wave coming in this weekend. We're looking at highs as a high as 165 degrees in a certain part. That's just like, that, that can't possibly happen, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think that's on the high end. I also think come Sunday, it's it's going to start to stop. And I think they'll be okay. I will add, uh, Jacoby Brissett was asked if there's a way to prepare for conditions like that. He Mm -hmm. said, quote, I'm from Florida, so no, end quote. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, well, listen, Stefan Diggs, I don't don't know where he's from. It's Maryland. Josh Allen's from Northern California. That's when you really want to have, like, your snow guys together there. Nick Chubb, I'm just going to guess, is from Georgia, not a snow guy. Stefanski played at Penn, so the head coach, he's Pennsylvania. Uh, McDermott can play in a tornado. Listen, if we get it, we get it, but it's not real news until Saturday afternoon when they say, oh, yeah, it's coming. Look at this giant whale-sized Doppler. So we'll check in then. Agreed. Let's move on. A bit of news that happened while you were overseas that we haven't talked about yet. The Giants and Saquon Barkley talk contract extension. Nothing official came out of it, but good for both sides that they're talking. The 7-2 mm-hmm. Giants host the Lions this Sunday. When you look at the Giants as a whole, how do you assess where that franchise is at right now? Well, there's two giant elephants in the room. It's, it's Daniel Jones extension and the Saquon Barkley extension. And look, this, this is hard for me because I really like Saquon as a guy in the times I've gotten to hang out with him a couple times here and there maybe. And he's my, I don't know if he's my favorite player to watch in the entire league. Top five though, I just love watching him play football. It's beautiful. He's a beautiful, gifted runner and I wouldn't extend him. Absolutely not. Like not, not unless we do something reasonable and we're going to structure it differently and it's going to be different dollars than some other guys are getting but that's not going to be the case saquon nor his representation whoever they may be will never let that happen look this is a tough 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 time where the running back extensions almost always come back to bite you it just does running back is my favorite position in my favorite sport and at a very modest level what's what i played and i root for running backs and i do not like extending them i do not because guys they get hurt, 
they get old, the wheels come off, and you're in for huge dollars. And I will just point to the Giants division rival, the Dallas Cowboys, and Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, my God. Looks like a different player from when he was a rookie, a second-year, a third-year guy. It just doesn't look like the same player at all. And Jerry Jones at Al decided to blink a couple of years back when Zeke was holding out and he was down in Cabo for all the money in the world. And they said, you know what? Screw it. We like you. You jumped into Kettle once. You're very famous. We like selling jerseys. And we think you're a good running back still. Here's all the money in the world. They gave him a massive deal. And it's still biting them in the ass. Still. And he's a shell of the player he was. Christian McCaffrey, like, you think Carolina doesn't want to have that one back? And you think, well, we got to set it up. Christian's the face of our franchise. And he's so talented. And he's so good. And then he was hurt for two years, and then you traded him. It's really tough, and I don't need him to go down the list of the Raheem Mosterts and the Damian Williams of the world, guys who have showed up and gone ballistic in playoff games and playoff runs, making six bucks for the team and taking off the scrap heap and just look like all world. It's not defensive end, it's not left tackle, it is not quarterback, it's not even wide receiver. Saquon is really special, and here's where it gets tricky. It's not just all one-sided. There are cases. Derrick Henry was extended couple of years back, if I remember. Big extension. He's awesome. He's still awesome. But if you want to look at Derrick Henry as a comp, and if you think that that is just your ordinary, average ordinary running back, that, that is a guy who is one of one. From the second he was born, high school, college, pros, everything, I, you can't sign your best running back to an extension and expect them to be Derrick Henry. Especially Saquon who has had some injuries, who's had a really, really big injury a couple years ago, and who runs physically. I'm sorry, you, Saquon had 35 carries last week. You're going to keep that up, he's going to get hurt, or he's going to slow down. And the, I, I say this, and this is my last word on this, because I get on the soapbox and I hate it. I love Saquon, I love watching him play, and I hope he has a great, great future and career and everything. But the best contracts, the smartest, sharpest contracts in football from any front office, they are not rewards for what you have done. They are investments in what you will do. It's, you don't get a medal because you had a few good seasons. If anything, that might take away your value. You're actually now damaged goods because you had a few good seasons. But we got it early and we think your best is definitely yet to come. That's why we'll invest in you. I love Saquon. I just love him. I'm going to keep saying it. I love him. If I was in the Giants front office, I would not pay him. And by the way, same thing for Daniel Jones. I know it's nuts, and they're winning, and they're going to go to the playoffs this year, and you say, hold on a second. You're going to let their starting quarterback and their star running back walk? Yes, because I've seen it. Now, Daniel Jones, if he lights on fire the last couple of months and they go to the playoffs and win a couple playoff games, that's different. Quarterback, obviously different. A, I don't think that's going to happen, and B, if it does, we'll get to that when we cross. But Saquon, I just can't, and Daniel Jones is going to have to still show me a lot more because for him, we're going to have to pay him $40 million bucks a year or something stupid like that. So... Really fascinating season, and then it's so positive, and it's such a cool story, and they just keep winning. And yet, if you really want to do the business of it, I still am not convinced it makes sense to pay either of those guys. So it's tricky, Flynn. That's it. That's Kyle Brand's basement on a Wednesday. Out of time. Got to go. Normally, we do the dart, we do the bike. Can't do it. All kinds of things here, upstairs. I hear the kids screaming. I got to go. We'll be back tomorrow for the last show of the week. Great job on Social Media Cemetery. I credit you guys. I love you guys. Say it every single day. Love you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Conference basement. Goodbye.